0: Command podcast, Mastering the Art of Fire Service Leadership. My name is Kyle Matusik and my co-host Carrie Henderson is with me today as well. We look forward to bringing you new, innovative, progressive thoughts on leadership within the fire service and hopefully this portrays into every aspect of your life. As we continue to grow this podcast, we're getting ready to really get into the nitty gritty and some uncomfortable conversations, hard conversations of what we think leadership needs to look like. We go much deeper than the surface level. Leaders need to be this, that, and the other thing. We're going to dive deep and talk about some real issues that face our industry today and face society as a whole. So to start that off, we're going to have the safe space conversation. And we're going to break that down, what that means, why we talk about it, what we think it means, and how we could do better to really create environments for people to learn, to grow, and to become effective leaders for the future. So, without further ado, we're going to dive right in into really examining what is a safe space. So, Carrie, what is a safe space? when we hear that term thrown around our industry, what do we genuinely think people mean by that?
1: Ah uh, well, I hate the word yeah. I hate the term so much and so you and I have talked about safe space and and I part of what I wrote about in my article is is people judge people like us sometimes for talking about feelings and and bringing in that whole conversation of you have to get to know people and you have to figure out what makes them tick before you give them, you know, feedback and all that stuff. And people always say, oh, this is that huggy feely safe space that everyone needs nowadays. And so before we talked today, I looked, uh, I was like, what did the safe space even have a definition? And I hate, I hate, like saying, "Oh, here's the definition of this," but I was curious if there was really what what does it mean out there in in the real world, other than what Carrie thinks it is. And so, the definition actually says it's free of bias, conflict, criticism, threatening actions, threatening ideas, and threatening conversations. So that was interesting to me because I think of safe space a little bit differently. But it's, you know, I, and like I said, I that the term I think. I think we need a new term. I think we need a whole new word for what you and I are trying to to get to get going in our culture because I think a safe space and and a place where you have conversations with people and a place where there's there's groups and 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 things like that there you're never going to be free of bias. You're never free of conflict and you're never free from criticism. Nor should you be, but you should be free from threatening actions, threatening ideas, and threatening conversations. So I think that's where we're trying to get, right? We're trying to get into a place not where you're safe from ever being given feedback or you're safe from ever hearing that you need to do a better job or that you need to step up your game. But what what we're talking about is taking into consideration a whole lot of things um, about yourself and about other people when when you're trying to have tough conversations with them. And so that's safe space in a nutshell for Carrie.
0: Yeah. You know, I, when I look at it, it's it always seemed like this word to throw out and kind of deflect from kind of the real issues that are going on in our world and within our industry. So it's calling out people for needing cer- certain things, which you know, on the surface of that is kind of ridiculous, you know, and, and if people need something, we as leaders should be providing that type of environment. And I think you hit it right on the head saying that, you know, we don't, this isn't a place where we can't have the hard conversations and we can't tell people, you know, you need to do better. Um, But it's also having a plan and understanding the whys behind it all. You know, it's, it's interesting going through you know, being in the industry and seeing changes happen. And, you know, we're going to get into talking about emotional intelligence. And I just wonder, are we getting people to come into our industry that are more emotionally intelligent than we were and that what we were brought into? Um, Because as you said, you know, we came in and it's, we didn't talk about feelings, emotions, nothing. We did a job. We, you know, and that, 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 was it. That was it. We did a job and we came back and we got ready for the next one and there was no talking about it. And regardless of all of that, you know, what about our personal side and how does our personal life affect the job as well? And our emotions and our feelings and how does that make us, uh, perform and how does that make us around the firehouse and, you know, as leaders, how can we better understand um, what a safe space is and if we can provide that because we look at the alternative, right? And, you know, I call it the not safe space and that's what we're living in now. And is it working? You know, that's my question. You know, we look at when we go on the fire scene, you know, there's three things we, we as bosses, company officers, incident commanders, we look at, you know, what do I got, what do I need and is it working? And if it's not working, what am I going to do to change it? And then again, it's, what do I got? What do I need? And is it working? Well, my question is, is the not safe space that we have, is it working for our industry today? And the way I look at it, it's not, you know, and we see things like increase in mental health issues and suicides within our industry. Uh, We see things like recruitment and retention problems. We see, you know, cultures that are destroyed within organizations, uh, so it's not working. So we got to address it. We got to realize that it's an issue, why it's an issue. And hopefully that's what we're here to portray to our audience today. Like, why is it an issue and how can we turn around and flip the script and start having a safe space that really works and understanding what that means with performance and how we can raise standards through that instead of, you know, thinking what people think a safe space is.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. And you know, when I came into the fire service 23 years ago, I started as a volunteer and then um, then as a paid firefighter. And, and, you know, back then it was definitely leave your feelings at the door. You walk into this firehouse and I don't care what's going on at home. Um, You better check that and and get your stuff together and let's go to work. Okay. That sounds great in theory. And I, I tried that. Uh, I tried that really hard, but if you've got Something pretty significant going on in your personal life. How hard is that? And you, you know, you could probably shut that off for periods of time, especially on you know emergency calls. Maybe you can't. And and I, to me, that's that's part of the deal too. But twenty four hours in a firehouse, and you're expected not to think about you're going through a divorce, or twenty four at the firehouse, twenty four hours at the firehouse, and you got a really sick kid at home, or a dying parent, or whatever it is that you've got going on, it's, that is not realistic. And it, and we should not expect that of people. And if that means that we develop a safe space, I don't care what we call it. Right. You know, it's, that's just, that's compassion. And that's, that's, that's being a good human being and being a good coworker or supervisor or whatever that is. And, and that I think is changing. Um, I, I think that that is changing, but the, the culture of, saying hard things to people without any, without any research or I don't even know how to say it, but it's, it's, you know, the culture of the firehouse is I'm going to tell that person how they're doing and it may not be how they need to receive it. And I'm going to tell that person they need to step it up or they need to do this or they need to do that without any consideration to why the behavior is taking place in the first place and what, you know, and it, and it may be that person it's just not fabulous at this job and that happens mm-hmm. and and you you need to tell them that but in a way that they receive the feedback because the the goal is always in feedback that a behavior's changed right, right? Yep. it's not that i get a gold star because i was willing to have a hard conversation and tell this person they suck it's hey i i need to have a hard conversation with you but i've thought about or i've tried to think about all the things that led up to where we're at right now Did you have the right training? Is there something going on at home? Um, You know, is it a physical thing? Are you physically capable? Is it, you know, whatever it is, and then have a conversation in a manner, you know, where Kyle needs to hear it this way, but Carrie needs to hear it this way and knowing people well enough and being willing to get to that level with them um, that that you can deliver that message.
0: Yeah, you know, and you hit on, not, you know, bringing separating home from work and our hours. But not only that, it's the stuff we see on the job. You know, yeah. just the other day, we I was driving around our still district with our crew, and we were just pointing out incidents at locations that we were driving by that are going to stay with us. You know, the, the life we live is so far removed from society, the things we see, the way we live our lives. You know, everything is so far removed and we are a little niche within a, a great global community of the, the job that we do, the things that we see and our resiliency to, to really continue to go forward. You know, some people see one thing that what we've seen in our careers and that's it. They're done. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's a lot of credit to people who join this industry, um, but we, we can do better, you know, and you hit on, you know, understanding where people come from. And that really resonates a lot with me as a millennial, you know, an early millennial. um, I was one of the first ones to start hearing it. You know, our generation was, you know, they need a safe space and they are this and they are that. And like the whole generation is pegged as something. And it got me really thinking like, what's going on here? Why are we pegging a whole generation a certain way and that they need these things? Well, first of all, I underst- you, you kind of look at it and it's like everybody knows that they need something. They just don't like what they need. So instead of providing that environment, they're kind of making them and shaming them for wanting certain things. But then it's why, you know, the why behind it all. Why are millennials the way they are? You know, and there's been plenty of articles out there and the way we were raised and everybody got a trophy and latchkey kids, right? Just be home at a certain time um everybody got the trophy and we were told if you go to school if you go to college you'll be extremely successful and we obviously that has changed right a lot of people went to college and you know that's that's a whole nother issue so we're told all these things as we're kid as when we're kids and then we get into the workforce and then we're essentially getting shamed for the things we were told as, as kids, you know, and you're like, what's going on? And you become more lost because there's this failure to understand why people are the way they are, which in terms is empathy. And, you know, it's kind of the big thing that me and you talk about is empathy and compassion. Um So it's just kind of this interesting paradigm that we see within generations, and it doesn't need to be that way. If we have that solid understanding of who they are and why they are the way they are, especially when we're pegging an entire generation, there's a reason for that. Um, And when we look back, we can justify those reasons But then we can also learn how to lead on that basis for that generation. And it's not needing a safe space. It's learning how to lead them, which is different than how you were led and what you needed. So that's the point of effective leadership is you constantly stay ahead of the curve. We understand what the next generation is before they come into the working force. So what are the 14, 15, 16-year-olds like today? So when they come in the workforce, you're ready for them. You know how they need to be led. So that's kind of, you know, how do we establish that type of environment for people and constantly evolve our industry instead of staying the same old, same old.
1: Yeah. And I love that we talk about this because I'm so excited for for Gen Z. Um, You know, they get, they like every generation that comes out, every, you know, every generation has got a bad rap, but Gen Z, they've got some super cool qualities and I think they're going to be what the fire service needs. Uh, for recruitment and retention, because they really want to make a difference in their communities, and they have this desire. You know, I, I think every generation's wanted to make money, right? You want to be financially stable, but they Gen Z really has this under, like, underlying just desire to 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 make a difference. And what better way to make a difference than serving your community? And if we can find a beautiful balance between the safe space, which is really just providing emotional intelligence, right? Is, is, or learning emotional intelligence and providing what they need and what all of us probably at a basic human level need. And I think I think we'll be able to recruit that generation and retain them. And it, it, it can be beautiful.
0: So g- going on that, I want to ask you, so why do we peg emotions as needing a safe space? Why do we discredit people? because of their feelings and then you know essentially we shame them and i I i'm speaking in generalities i understand it's not everybody out there and then we shame them further for feeling a certain way and needing certain things why are we doing that
1: it's i i think when i came in that was that was a generational thing right like i talked about but i uh, you know that you didn't talk about feelings because that meant you were weaker and i i think we've come come you know away from that but i i think it's in the fire service we didn't teach anything to do with emotional iq or you know eq or whatever buzzword you want to call it right now but we didn't teach that part we didn't teach people skills and i think the military and and private sector has come along before us and and we can learn from them in and what people need in the workplace and at home you know how you know that kind of stuff so i think it's just a, We're a little bit behind the times in that, and I think it's happening. I think there are people like us out there, and and people are talking about it slowly. And the more people hear it, and the more people learn about it, because it's not one of those things. You know, you go take a hot class. And it's like here, this is how you, you know, do effective searches, or this is how you VIS or whatever you want to talk about. It's it's a little bit less intuitive to some people. I think I think some people are naturally born. With very high emotional IQ they just they're very empathetic, um, very in tune to people's reactions to what they say and it comes very naturally and I think some people they it just doesn't and I don't know if that's uh, nature or nurture for them but we you can learn it I think you can learn it and and maybe never maybe some people will never be f- fabulous with emotional IQ, but you can become aware of the fact that what you say matters and how you say it matters even more. I, I love to tell people, you can say anything to anyone. It's just a matter of how you say it and how you deliver that message. So I think talking about it and giving message out there, I think that's, that's the answer.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, for me personally, I can honestly say I probably had zero emotional intelligence, uh, you know, through my military career and starting in the fire service, it was just, it was rub sand on it, grind. (laughs) This is my life. This is who I am. You know, I wrap myself in every aspect of the job. And if you weren't that you weren't worth anything in my opinion. Right. And I don't care how you feel. Uh, You know, I was kind of that mentality. And, you know, as I spoke my story our last episode, if you haven't heard that, you know, go back and listen. You know, that really changed me. And I I pulled up this quote I found by uh, Bill Bullard, who is an author, and he said, opinion is really the lowest form of human knowledge. It requires no accountability, no understanding. The highest form of knowledge is empathy, for it requires us to suspend our egos and live in another's world. It requires profound purpose larger than the self kind of understanding. And I read that and I was just like blown away. I was like, that, that's totally it, you know, and and I lived on both sides. And, I, you know, I thought that opinion was really, you know, in my knowledge and all this stuff mattered more when I had zero emotional intelligence and I could not, you know, connect with people on a human level. So when we look at, you know, people, the the older folks within our industry and we look at, um, regardless of their generation um and and we compare that quote and we apply that quote. Do you think that it's just this generation the older folks within our industry that are scared to get emotional so they deflect and they point the fingers at them? Do you think you know when we started raising awareness on mental health, it's almost like it sped up a lot of people saying, oh, this generation needs a safe space. They're soft. You know, and a lot of this started coming and it was like, so is it almost a deflection? Are they scared? Are they lacking the emotional intelligence? And is it even an an area that we can have a profound impact in right now?
1: I think it's a misunderstanding of what happens. I think it's if if I have to do all this extra work, then surely I have to lower my expectations. Because if I need to figure out why you're doing what you're doing or why you're behaving your way, you're you're behaving. Just do it. It's so so that must mean I have to lower the expectations for you. And I am here to tell you, I hundred percent disagree with that. That if you if you're good at at figuring this stuff out and and are willing to take the time, you hundred percent can raise expectations to a whole. Another level, and and if you are willing to figure yourself out first, and what your values are, and what you stand for, and why you behave the way you do, why you make the decisions that you make, what makes you angry, what makes you a rash decision maker, or what makes what makes you take too long to make decisions, or whatever that is, that's all part of emotional intelligence. And then you turn around and do the same for the people that you work with um, or that you're responsible for, and you figure all those things out about them how likely is it that I can then turn around and raise, raise the bar? Because I know what sets you off. I know, um, I know when you're going to be too quick in making a decision and I need to slow you down. Or I know um, what your strengths and weaknesses are on a different level than just, hey, you're really good at confined space, or hey, you're really good at pulling hose it's 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 a completely different level than that that you can really really set expectations because not only do you understand what people need from you they understand what me as a leader what i what i expect because they understand where i'm coming from so I, that's where i think that comes from it's just it's a misunderstanding in this this assumption that well the fire service is going to get weaker and the fire service is going to get I, I really can't make my, my men or my, my crew do, you know, as much. Cause I got to spend all this time doing all this other fluff.
0: Yeah. That word misunderstanding is really an understatement. I, and I think in society as general, there's a lot of misunderstanding out there today. And we fail to have these types of conversations to understand our people and ourselves, you know, are we having these conversations with ourselves, <clears throat> you know, that introspective outlook on life, and then as you said, how do we, once we do that work, how do we pass it down to the future leaders within our organization? Uh, and, and it's really, you know, I, a lot of times in us having these conversations and trying to get through to people, you know, sometimes I'm not the best at with my words on how to get people to understand this, but then I become misunderstood. And instead of wanting to know exactly what I'm meaning, you know, people will tend to get defensive when you start talking about this stuff, like safe space. And it's like, hold on a second. I don't want this to turn into a thing. I don't need you to get defensive. I'm trying to explain, but it's like defenses go up immediately. And it's like, then you're like, how do I get through? Like, you know, and I and it's a very challenging thing. You know, a lot of times I read through the stuff that we, we put out there and the stuff that we talk about. And I I love it. I I think it's, You know, on the surface, it's easy, easy stuff. Just be kind, have empathy, be compassionate. Like, that's it. But it's so hard to do, and it's so hard to do, even harder in our industry, especially because of the culture that has just been entrenched for years and years and years. And it's like, how do we get out of it? How do we not become misunderstood uh, and just grow this into a safe space where people can become better because as you were going on and you can hit a little bit more on, you know, we can actually raise standards. So how does that happen? How do we actually raise those standards by having that safe space?
1: Oh my goodness. We could talk about this for another hour, (laughs) but I won't do that. Um, For me, I think it's about values. It's about, I, I, I was really lucky to take really cool class, Virginia Fire Officers Academy, and I have to give a shout out to them. Um, Right before I got promoted to uh, captain, uh, station captain, I, this week long class, and they had an exercise where we set our values. And I thought, but like, (laughs) really, I have to set my values. Of course, I know my values. Well, I was wrong. I, I, I like probably a lot of people thought, well, my values are honesty, integrity, you know, things that everybody says, but we did really hard work and, and figured out some, some different values that I hadn't really thought about and that were actually mine, that meant something. And when I said them and wrote them down, I felt them like in my soul. And once I did that, and then I, I could, I could go to my crew and I could be ready with, this is what makes Carrie tick. And this is what's going to break my heart if you're not meeting this expectation, because this is where it comes from. It comes from a value that I have and I could help them do the same thing. So I could understand to them, you know, if I'm not meeting this expectation, that's based on one of their core values, then, then I'm not doing them any justice. And for me, that's how you do it. Once, once you set your own values and we can talk probably another whole episode about that setting values and, and figuring out actually where they came from and how, why they're yours and not just ones you, you circled on a list because they sound nice. And, and once you help people that, that you work with do the same, your expectations go to a whole nother level.
0: Yeah. I, uh, It really sits very close to me just with the journey that I went on and, Cause I get both sides, you know, I lived both sides and the other side was exhausting. And, you know, you were just constantly in this state of, we needed to do better. We need to be better. You know, we, we can't talk about that stuff. We need to throw ladders better. We need to pull hose better. We need to do all this stuff better. And yes, we still can do that and we still can train. Um, But it's really our attitudes that we go in with and having that, you know, empathy and compassion for people because they just worked 48 and the last thing they want to do is train more like you got to understand that kind of stuff to be an effective leader so it's just a very interesting spot for me to be in to to look at both sides of of the fence there and see what works and what doesn't and once you do that and you you do that work and you realize you can raise standards that way uh it it really becomes an eye-opening experience you know and we look at where the industry is going and, and what we do, you know, 60 to 80% of what we do is EMS. You know, fires are down all across the country. The way we fight fires is different than 25 years ago. And it's just, you know, the culture, of the industry just is so stuck sometimes to want to change in like every aspect. And it is it it just becomes an extreme challenge to overcome some of these hurdles. And especially when we sit here and talk about emotional intelligence and we talk about compassion, uh, that's an even harder one because that's a lot of personal looking in that mirror and understanding yourself and learning the, the traumas that you might've went through as a kid or through the job and how you've processed those or if you didn't even process those and then how that affects your crew, you know, and that's not safe, right? That's not a safe space. Sure. You need a safe, an environment that allows you to do that kind of work. So if you, you know, if we dub that a safe space, sure. Um, but it's getting to that point and, and how, you know, how do we provide that environment? And a lot of times for me, it's like looking forward, not not even the younger people. I remember when we, me and you spoke at uh, Texas last year, and we had a, a younger audience. And I remember the younger people like, they were feeding me up there you know when you go and speak and they were just engaged and they loved it and i was just like blown away so there's a lot of hope for what's coming in but it's not to say that it's like well just because you're you've been on 20 25 plus years we're just going to throw you to the wind and just wait until you retire and so we can move this industry forward because you still have to get through retirement and all that other stuff so you still can do the work now uh but it's that breakthrough like how do we actually get there
1: yeah and you know, I still catch myself, you know, I talk about this all the time, but I still catch myself going, what the heck is wrong with that person? All right, you know, and I just want to get on to them. And it's like, why are they, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, hang on. Let's think about this. And, you know, sometimes I have to go put my foot in my mouth or, you know, pull my foot out of my mouth and say, "I, you know, I'm sorry I came down on you so hard. Like, let's, let's talk. And But, you know, like, like, like I've said, it's, it doesn't mean that at the end of the day, you've spoken to someone 10 times about the same issue and you've, you've worked it from every angle and you, you've tried your best, you know, to figure out, you know, all the ins and outs of what's going on that sometimes it doesn't work out. Right. And and you deliver that news in a way that the best you can, but yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's always good, you know, when you're going through these changes and, and you know, those, those situations that you, you, you know, for me, it's, we'll say old Kyle wants to come out, having that friend or colleague where I could be like, Hey, I need to go vent real quick. And I could let no. old Kyle out, not in front of the person I need to talk to, but in, fr- <laughs> in front of somebody who trusts me and understands who I am. And so like, I can get that out and i be like, all right, let's regroup and let, let's build and grow. So it's important for us as leaders to have a team of other leaders that we can support each other in this. And, and we can help each other in this as we, as we travel, down this road. You know, when it comes back to effective leadership, it's about having a group of people, um, to help you along the way, because we can't do this all, all on our own. So as we kind of start wrapping this up, you know, if you had to, I'm going to put you on the spot. If we had to rename safe space, what Ooh. would it be? Uh,
1: that is tough. I I would just, let's just call it It's just emotional intelligence or EQ. How about Let's just call it EQ because it's that's what it is. It's yeah. not, not. It's just an environment of an emotionally cognizant people, yeah. people that are willing to look at the emotion of the situation.
0: You know, and I would challenge those that use that term because I used to. You know, um, you know, if you're using that term, fine. Uh, but look at yourself. Like, why? You know, why are we using that? What are the people really asking for, and what do they w- really need? And can you provide that? Because that's what we do as leaders. How do we provide what people need to, in order that we serve our customers, right? That we go out and we do an excellent job. We raise our standards. We're always professional and we have a physically and mentally resilient, uh, crews that work with us on a daily basis. That's our goal that we want to provide that every single day. Uh, so as leaders, that's what we have to do. Provide the environments for people to, to learn and grow.
1: Yeah. We we have to you have to understand that not everybody's 100 all, all all of the time that doesn't occur in nature and and it's not possible and so there's always going to be stuff right there's going to be people that come to work with with the stuff and and the empathy and compassion and and all of that it, we can we can do awesome things
0: yeah so I want to close kind of just with this leading question for everybody and something to ponder as you go through your day and through your week through your month and something to just kind of think about. What if we actually made a safe place for people to learn, to make mistakes, to grow, to be happy, to learn more about themselves, build emotional intelligence, and be more productive than we ever thought possible? Is that so bad? Because our not safe space right now is not working. So take this, take it food for thought and do what you will with it. But let's start together changing that terminology and understanding really what a safe space is. And and if we could provide environments for people to learn and grow. uh, Let's do that. That's what we do as leaders. Amen. All right. So until next time.